Warning, the following podcast may contain people who aren't very good at golf. You're listening to the Chili Dippers Podcast. critical opening phase of this poem will always be the grip. The hands unite to form a single unit by the simple overlap of the little finger. Lowly and slowly the club head is led back, pulled into position not by the hands, but by the body, which turns away from the target, shifting the weight to the right without shifting balance. Tempo is everything, perfection unattainable. As the body coils down, At the top of the swing, there's a slight hesitation, a little nod to the gods, that he is fallible, that perfection is unattainable. Weight begins to shift to the left, pulled by the powers in the earth. It's alive, this swing, a living sculpture. And down through contact, always down, striking the ball crisply with character. A tuning fork goes off in your heart, your balls, such a pure feeling as the well-struck golf shot. Then the follow-through, always online. The reverse sea of the golden bear. The steel worker's power. The brawn of Carl Sandburg, Arnold Palmer. Or the unfinished symphony of Roy McAvoy. And there's only one other acceptable theory on how to hit a golf ball. Grip it and rip it. That's right, you are listening to the Chili Dippers. I'm your host, Luke Clark. I am joined, as always, uh, by Dave Cannon-Rolston. As you'd be well aware, we are doing something a little bit different today. What are we doing, Rolls? Firstly, the dramatic read is back. He's back. <laughs> we're, reviewing <laughs> the greatest golf movie of, <laughs> we're reviewing the greatest golf movie of all time. Tin Cup. Tin Cup, yes. Uh, to, to, as people may be well aware, Tin Cup is where we've got our the, the name of our podcast, the Chili Dippers, from. Yeah, a little phrase that he uses as he's missing golf balls on the driving range. And um, also anyone else aware of the movie would be well aware of that uh, the speech he gives when he's giving a golf lesson to uh, Rene Russo when he, he explains the golf swing to her in dramatic terms. Um, so we thought we'd just start with that. Yeah, that's right. We're uh, we haven't had time to play some golf uh, lately because you've been overseas, Rolls. And we've had a few people ask us about doing a doing a uh, movie review. As people know, we also our second love is movies, so it's about time we sort of done one of these. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, it's funny. I remember when we started, we sort of mentioned we'd do a bit of pop culture stuff, which we do in our in our segments, and we might do a few movie reviews. And we've done plenty of movie talk and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, no, I've had a few people. Um, uh, asked us to talk about movies, and, and what better place to start than Tin Cup? It's one of the great sport movies and, and the great golf movie um, that we've seen, I reckon. You'd agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Look, a lot of people uh, might put um, Caddyshack on top of the list, but if you listen to this, I don't know when the last time anyone who puts it on top of the list has watched that movie, but it, is, it came on TV uh, about a month ago, and I thought, oh, I'll watch this because we'll review this one day on, on our pod. It is unwatchable. I, I agree, yeah. Good, it's, um, it, yeah, it's not very good at all. No, I love Bill Murray, love um, Chevy Chase, reckon they're brilliant. I reckon it's a, I reckon it's an unfunny, poor movie. I agree with you, mate. Yeah. Uh, we might lose a few people because of that, but 
look, go out and watch it again today and then come back to us. Yeah, so, yeah, so I apologise to all the Caddyshack lovers, but, yeah, well, you won't be hearing a Caddyshack review on here. But Tin Cup, on the other hand, I watched that uh, a couple of months ago as well and then it again two nights ago. It has, a, it, it, it's, has an age. It's still fantastic. Oh, it could be brought out today. If it was released today, it would be just as successful, just as good. Yep, yep, I agree. Look, I've probably, if I haven't seen it 10 or 12 times, I'll go he, but I haven't watched it in a while. But as I said, I think I think I remember putting out a list of my favourite movies uh, a while ago, and I think it was in the top 10. So it, wow. I, I, and as you know, I love Costner. So, um, so what did you think of it when you first watched it, when you watched it recently? Uh, what were the highlights for you? How, how, how do you rate it? Look, I, I rate it very highly, um, as uh, easily the best uh, golfing movie out there. Um, I can't remember when I first seen it, to be honest. Um, I, I, the, the one that sticks out to me is the one that, that when I watched it, I've probably watched it five times maybe, but the one that I watched the most just about a month ago, like I said, it was it was the one-liners that, that how, many t- how many cool sayings and one-liners are in this movie, especially when you're out playing golf and how many times you can you know, use them on course. Yeah, look, I agree. It's, it's very clever. It's, it's it's clever and well written and well directed. And and Costa's brilliant at that. Um, just and he's he's the sports movie specialist, isn't he? Like, he is, um, yeah. So he's got uh, Draft Day recently, which was the football one. He's got I think he's got three baseball ones. He's obviously oh, got he Field of back. Dreams, yep. um, which is brilliant for um, the love of the game. Bull Durham and and what was the other one you said? Bull Durham and Bull Durham. And he gives a great speech in Bull Durham too about. Uh, what he believes in and all that too. That could be a dramatic read for later on the Bull Durham speech. But um, so yeah, he obviously loves his sport. And um, but but yeah, this is as good as any. Yeah, look, okay, look. So it came out in nineteen ninety six. Ninety six was it? So what's that? Twenty two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, look, the, when you watch it, the the quality of cameras might have changed a little bit since then. Maybe the fashion's a little bit updated. Um, but for, for something that's 22 years ago, it, the, the clothes he wears on the actual golf course are old school, like a bit baggy and a bit big, but st- still actually look don't, don't look too bad. Like when he comes out in the uh, in the actual open and wearing the gold pants with a um, black vest, it actually looks really nice. Yeah, well, all right, so Swiss, all right, let's talk about that on the golf course there. So the cool bit about it was there was actually real pros on the course because, look, People know the storyline. He ends up playing in the US Open. Yeah, actually, before you keep going, we better clear a few things up. Just so people know where we are going to... There's going to be some spoilers. (laughs) I think 22 years in, we're allowed to do spoilers. Okay, go. Continue. So he's on the course. Yeah, he loses the Open at the end, just in case anyone... (laughs) Oh, all right. Um, So, but yeah, there's real golfers on there. I think there's Corey Pavin, there's Lee Jansen. Bill um, Mickelson. Bill, uh, the big fellow uh, Waldorf. Sort yep. of. So they're all out there. Now, I was reading about, to get them out there, they wanted 50000 bucks each appearance fee. Yep. Which you can't pay 50000 bucks each to 10 or 15 guys who all ended up there. So what the producers did, they went to the wives of all yep. the pros and said, okay, wives, we're going to have dinner with Kevin Costner and Don Johnson, who's the other star of the movie. You can all come to dinner and meet the movie stars, but your husbands have to show up for a couple of days on screen uh, to play golf. Yeah. And the wife said, yep, no worries. So that's how they got all the pros. Yeah, and I think they paid them 600 bucks a day. 600 bucks a day. Yeah. But with that, the other thing I heard, which is a bit disappointing, because Costa wanted to look cool and charismatic and all that sort of stuff, he didn't invite Greg Norman, who was the number one golfer of the time, because he didn't want Greg's... Um, 
charisma taken away from his own. Fair enough, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so that's how we got all the pros out. And that adds to it, doesn't it? Having Lee Jansen saying, oh, who's this Roy McAvoy? We've got to start throwing on Corey Pavin saying yeah. he's throwing darts and all that sort of stuff. So that was cool, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. So on Internet Movie Database, it actually gets a 6.3 out of 10, which I think is a smidge low. 6.3 should be up around, around that 6.6, 6.7 for me. Yeah, smidge low for me. Smidge low for me. Um. All right, so if we we go back to the start, he's an he's an out of luck golfer, and this whole the whole story is about how he um he wants to go for it. Um, yes, he, yes. he won't um play conservative, which as we know, all the pros you know just fairways and greens don't go for it and all that. Do you know it's it's based on or well inspired by um a bloke called Chip Beck? Do you remember, yep. have you heard of a golfer called Chip Beck? Oh, but yeah, yep. And in the '93 Masters, he had a chance to go for a green, um, and and force a playoff, but he laid up. Yeah, he played up, and the producers were watching. He goes, "That's a movie. We'll make a movie about that." And that's sort of the Don Johnson character, and that's how it came about. That um, that yeah, the producers were watching a real movie where a golfer, a real tournament where a golfer didn't have a go when he should have. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a great line in in the movie that um that that Tinkup actually says to Sims, which is Don Johnson's character when he talks about uh, making par, where he says, "Just keep making pars, asshole." And then and John Don Johnson actually says, "I will eight of eighteen of them all day long." And he says, "You do it, and I'll own you," <laughs> which is a cool, cool. Yeah, that is. Funnily enough, I wrote down a few cool quotes myself. I had um, Roy saying, "Sex and golf are the two things you can enjoy, even if you're no good at them." The other one, and this is about Roy how he uh, loves to go for it. He goes, "If I had it all to do over again, I'd still hit that shot." And Romeo, who's his caddy, uh, who's Cheech Marion, uh, says. You'd uh, you'd bury yourself just to prove you can use a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we look. We, we nearly could do a, a like later on. We'll, we will go to a few of the few of the uh, the quotes in here. But I, like, this one's got sort of not much to do with like the golf. There's a part where Romeo says, <laughs> "Look, boss, I've only got one rule, and that's never bet money that you don't have on a dog race with an ex girlfriend who happens to be a stripper." <laughs> and you <laughs> broke that rule. <laughs> He did. He, he, broke, he broke his one rule, and that was it. Yeah, good rule though. Yeah. good rule. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's um, um, let's get back to the movie. Let's. You okay. know, one thing I do like about this movie is it's got one of the greatest character introductions of all time. When uh, Rene Russo's character, the la- the doctor lady, yeah, doctor lady, <laughs> yeah, Doctor Molly Griswold, when she fir- her first entrance when they're in the clubhouse of the dodgy pro shop. Um, yep. and and he's and he's got the done the riddle to him. Done the, the riddle, yes. And yep. and you, can you remember the riddle? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yep. So so we'll, for the listeners, we'll re, we'll refresh the their memory. Okay. The riddle is. I'm in. All right. Money in the bank. All, All right. Money. Here we go. Come on, give it up. Now, a man's driving down the road with his son, and he gets in a crash. Two ambulances come and take the man and his son to different hospitals. Okay, different hospitals. Son goes into the operating room, all right? The doctor looks at him and says, I can't operate on this boy. He's my son. Now, how is that possible? Hmm? How is that possible? Clock's ticking, fellas. Father's still over there at the hospital. I mean, he didn't sneak back in, right? This ain't Star Trek, girl. Nobody beamed him aboard. All right, what about if uh, if the father married the son's daughter? It's a family riddle, girl. You got, you got to think clean thoughts. 
Hey, give us a little hint. You want a hint, Clint? A little hint. All right. The doctor's a woman. The doctor's a woman. See, the doctor's the son's mother. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually ran that by the guys at work the other day and they couldn't get the answer. <laughs> but then, then <laughs> the best thing is they actually um, double up on it. When she says, I'm here for my lesson, and he looks at his lesson sheet and it's got down Dr. Griswold Dr. and he assumed yeah. it was a male. Um, yeah, so yeah so which, even though he's telling the riddle, yeah. yeah, he still goes, yeah, I, I assumed it was a man. Yeah, yeah, so yeah I, I reckon it's a really, know. really good character introduction, that. It is. It's a great, yeah, it's a great start. It, it, it is really good. Now, the question, do you classify this as a as a sports movie or uh, is it... A rom-com. Yeah, yeah, is it, yeah, or a rom-com. Funnily enough, when I was doing a little bit of research, the first thing I said, I read was the, the bit of research, I was uh, called it a rom-com. Yeah, I, th- I, I agree. Because a lot of movies like, you know, there's, you know, yeah, Any Given Sundays, um, Friday Night Lights, they're, they're talking about how, how the whole movie's about winning the championship and what goes yeah. into win it. This doesn't really have a lot... To do with him winning the U.S. Open because well, oh, the win is getting the girl. Yeah, so that's, that's correct. Probably, the win is getting a girl, so it's a, so it's a rom com. It just happens to be based around a golf tournament. Yeah. All right. But speaking of the sports, we mentioned how how uh, Kevin Costner loves his his baseball. So one of the parts in the movie, he he grabs a baseball bat, I think a rake and, and a, a hoe shovel. and a few um, to play one of the guys at the thing to win back his uh, win back his clubs that are in hock. And did you notice when he hits with the baseball bat mm-hmm. on the tee, he hits left-handed? Oh, no, I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, so he plays golf right-handed um, all through the thing, but he, he hits baseball left-handed, uh, which was a little bit unusual. Yeah, okay, no, I did not notice that. What do you, what, what do you think of his golf swing? Oh, look, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's, not I think too it's bad actually all right. Um, well, speaking of that, he says... That um, Tim Cup ruined his life in terms of playing golf. Yeah, yep. Um, because every time he goes out. But I read two things. I read one where he was a 14 handicapper and one where he's an 11 handicapper. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's Y'all could buy that bad. with that swing. Yep. Well, see, Don, jo- well, Don Johnson started out as a 9 handicapper before the movie. And then they got the, the bloke, uh, Gary McCord, who's the commentator with the, yeah. the big moustache. Moustache, yep. And he's won US Opens and was a top proper pro and all that. So he gave Don Johnson a heap of lessons. And Don Johnson said he said he went from a nine handicapper out to someone who couldn't get under 100. So that's what, a 20 handicapper. Mm. Um, but then once the lesson started to kick in, he got down to three. Really? See, I wouldn't have thought that based on his swing. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon Costa's swing looks better than Johnson's. I reckon it looks well. a lot better, yeah. But yeah, so I but yeah, and I did read a sort of something independent too that again that said Johnson's now an eight handicapper too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have guessed that. I thought his swing was a little, a little bit what I reckon mine would look like—a little bit compact and a little bit fast. I thought. Yeah, yeah, it did look a little manufactured. Um, but um, but yeah, you know, so that's good. Yeah, so that um, and that Gary McCord, who's good, he's the commentator on course and all that, and he's brilliant. So you know, in the movie where they do the. He's had the shocking first round and he's in the bar drowning yep. his sorrows. Yep. And so he, uh, Rene Russo goes, I bet you can hit that pelican off yep. the stool. Out from um, out of the bar, off the floor, yep. through the door, across the water and onto the um, pole the pelican was sitting on. Yep. True story. Yeah, Gary, yeah, yeah. Gary McCord did that. Did that. Um, yep. And I think he said he wanted 10 or 12 hits or something and got it first go. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah that, that, that's um, that's great that they worked that true story into the movie. I reckon because that, that's a cool bit. And the fact that he was there doing the commentary as they were performing yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yep. All right, so let's let's get back to the movie. Um, talking yeah, about yeah, the movie. We're not, probably not reviewing the movie as such, but we're just talking about nah. the movie. A few little things I wanted to note. When he played in the sectionals, did you notice he had headphones on? Yes, I did. Which yeah. which, which I made a little note here to comment that that that. that like to, to say, surely that's not allowed. But uh, but I was actually going through some stuff for printed, and that's actually quite illegal to to wear headphones. He should have been disqualified from that tournament. Oh well, so that's the one where is that the one where he's broken all these clubs and he's just going around with the seven iron? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, where he where, where he hit the uh, snapped all these clubs and parred the back nine with a seven iron. Yeah, which you love to say there. What's it about when he said, "I'm not going over those." Nothing bugs me except insufficient applause. Give me the lumber. Hey, I think you want to hit the two-iron, boss. Said I want the big dog. You got a tight par five here, man, with out-of-bounds on the left. Uh, I don't think you want to hit the driver. The two-iron seems like the deal. Well, I'm not going left of those trees or right of those trees, okay? I'm going over those trees with a little draw. That way I get home in two. That way I'm putting for eagle now. You don't need an eagle to qualify. You need to practice playing it safe. No mistake. I want the course record. Now give me the lumber. Uh, be- best scene in the movie, that one right there. You know, one of the best, one of the most underrated uh, one liners in this movie is when they're back at the table high fiving each other, celebrating. He's, he's shot the 65 and he's, uh, they're all carrying on. His caddy's left him. Yep. And then Don Johnson's character walks in to pick up um, uh, Russo's Renee. character. Yep. And I just call it Renee. Yep. Renee, yep. And, and, Tin Cup looks at uh, Don Johnson. He goes, "I, I part the back nine with a seven with my seven iron." And he looks at him. He goes, "Why?" He says to him, "I think he says something like, you ever part the back nine with a seven iron?'" And he goes, "Never occurred to me to try." Yeah, <laughs> it's just the perfect little bit of acting. The way he looks down at the table and just goes, "Just says why?" Ask him why. And yeah. that's that's right before they go into their little, uh, which was one of the things. That stuck in my mind the very first time I watched it, where they have that, uh, where they start to do a little bit of a measure and dick competitions and who can hit it the furthest, and they go into one shot yep. with your beloved seven iron, and yeah. they have a competition who hit it further. And he makes a comment where he says he hits his seven iron like daily hits threes, and he wasn't lying because I don't know if you noticed, hit that seven iron two hundred and twenty seven yards. Oh, did he? Yeah, two hundred <laughs> meters, eighty seven iron. Yeah, um, and then, of course, um, Don Johnson's character hits his down the road, and which I just reckon is really, really clever. Um, Brilliant, yeah, yeah. And just turns back, looks at him, and goes, "Still going." Yeah, and that's it. Uh, so he hands his car over. Um, yeah, yeah, so I just yeah, wanted to bring up that headphone because I thought that was kind of a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I suppose he'd lost his caddy, and he was just yeah listening to headphones. Um, yeah. yeah so, yep. So yeah, okay. Well, let's what. So he, he wins the sectionals, which gets him uh, entry into the U.S. Open. So let's yep. let's talk about the U.S. Open for a little bit. All right. Well, firstly, that's when he's practicing for the U.S. Ooh. Open. Yes. Because he, he's trying to win the girl back. Yep. But then that's where he starts hitting chili dippers and the swig doctor, and he can't fix him. He doesn't know what's going on. And he gets to the driving range at the U.S. Open, and he's shanking them and hitting them, oh. hitting chili dippers up the hitting uh, up the leg of someone else and all that. Now, now so, let me. I've as yeah, someone who has had the shanks, has anyone ever had them that, that like those two? The the two shanks he hits on 
the range at the open. One of them goes directly right angles, like yep. not 45, like direct. And the second one goes backwards. There's Because he, he's down <laughs> the far left. There's a row of people along the on the driving range to the right. He hits it. It goes behind about the third person and trickles around like to the back of the rest of the line. Like that is surely that is hard to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I was, I was going to say, you said you'd had that. I was going to say I've never had him, but that's a lie. I, I, my pitching. But I've never had him on the practice range. I've had him out on the course. Oh, when I, I just have. I have. Hit a wedge. Like, and I, I suppose I don't get the shanks. I get the, I get the Aries. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> just Aries. miss it completely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you know, there's some terrible shanks. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so he starts he, off with his round habit. He's, his caddy thinks it's a great idea to uh, that he plays better drunk and hungover. So they so they drink uh, all night till he passes out in the in the combo van. He has four three and a half hours sleep, and then the, the, probably the second most underrated, or m- this might actually yeah. be the most underrated. He turns up to the uh, to day one hungover as all buggery, four hours sleep, and they're late. He runs to the first tee, and the blokes announcing him, and he he looks at the announcer, goes. Time for a quick bucket. <laughs> yes. Time for a quick bucket. That's cool. I've actually got his scorecard here. You know what he shoots for the four rounds? Uh, I have got it here, but you can read it out. Yeah, 83 on that first day hungover. Then he shoots the 62. Yep. Then 64 and 78 on the last day uh, for a one under par. Yeah. Um, do you get some highs and lows in that uh, over those four days? Yeah, yep. But um, all right, so can we go to the last, the, the, the climax, the, the last shot there on that, uh, on the path five uh, that's got the water carry at the end? Yep, yep, let's go to it. So he has trouble with that all through the tournament, um, yep. hitting balls in it, so on and so on, and the commentators saying lay up and so on. Yeah, and he seems to always hit his first one in because he thinks he can get there. And then because he's trying to behave, he, he, he goes to, or oh, he wants to hit it again, but he, he, he conquers those demons and walks down and takes the drop. In the two middle days, so with that now on that, I read that that was a the, it was a resort course in Arizona is where the tournament was played, yep. and that was a par four, and they had to the that dam or lake wasn't there, and they built that especially for the movie, and they call it Tin Cup Lake and all that. Tin sort Cup of Lake, stuff. yeah. So it's at Deerwood was where they shot this, um, and oh, it was right. like I said, the hole in the movies a par five, but yeah. that it was uh, the hole in real life was a really sharp dog lev dog leg par four which they said they could disguise as a par five because the camera uh, angle yeah. wouldn't wouldn't show the fact so what i wanted to ask you though is what do you play what what your it's the last day you're one or two shots from the lead you need um par or or something to go what what shot do you play oh look if it was just you and me having a casual hit i think you know the answer i think we're, i'm going for it all day but um but if we're talking prof- as a pro- professional i think layups to play there because you can still the thing with the lane everyone thinks it once you lay like because he's talking if he gets on he can he can um you can make, still chip and putt for um for birdie and you can still yeah. you can still chip it in from this side of the lake for eagle there's no there's no <laughs> nothing, nothing saying yeah so i think yeah laying up is the play there all right so we shouldn't have had the nine shots in the water you reckon yeah which was just a fantastic because there's a lot of people apparently when this script was written that were trying to convince um, the director and writer to actually to to change the ending to say that you know really? That, that really should win and yeah so Ron Shelton's the the director and writer who who does play a bit of golf um, yep. who actually done 
White Men Can't Jump and wrote all that dialogue on White Men Can't Jump, which is, oh, which wow. is really impressive. Yep. But anyway, and he's got, I listened to a podcast that and he was talking, he had this story where he said, um, he was at a dinner and, Don, and someone said, Donald Trump wants to meet you. Oh, and yep. so he said, oh, okay. So, and he said, Donald Trump walked over and he said, um, hey, kid. And he said, I'm older than Donald Trump. I don't know why he's calling me kid. But he <laughs> said, he goes, hey, kid, I'll tell you how to, how to make a better movie. Go into the studio, cut it, make him win at the end. See you later, and walked off on him. Um, and uh, and everyone thought it was it, that that he made a mistake by making that sort of ending. Um, and he said, now that he's, he's he's proved him all wrong because if he makes the oh. ending where he wins, it's just another decent sports movie and gets forgotten about. But couldn't agree more. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, Renee no, Russo yeah. sums it up where she says, you know, in five years' time, no one's going to remember who wins the who won the the U.S. Yeah. Open, but they're always going to remember your twelve. And, yep. and it sort of relates to the movie, I reckon. Yeah, no, brilliant too. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. They, they, I'm so glad they didn't change it. And um, and that's the thing. And it makes you feel good every time you hit one in the water when you go for it. You're thinking, oh, well, Tim Cup went for it anyway too, so it was the right thing to do and all that. No, that's – um, yeah, that is absolutely true. Yeah, and I, another thing I liked when they were – especially on those scenes where they were shooting it, you could tell – They'd shot it with a, a, a 35 mil camera, so it had that sort of like lot, like you're watching it live on TV. When it shot to him talking to the characters, his caddy or whatever, it was it looked like you know most movies do today. But when the ball was in there and landed on the green, it had that sort of grainy sort of look to it that gave it a bit of sort of authenticity. I think. Oh, so it looked like sports coverage, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Just thing, yeah, because he hits it because he hits the first one, and he loves it. He hits. He goes, I nutted it, and then he goes. Oh, a little breath from the gods. Yeah. And, and then... Um, and I love about the third one where he just hits and he goes, ball. And he ball. just, like, for like a second he hits it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but it's, it's one of the... And so, as you know, when, when they're walking off there and um, Sims gets asked for an autograph... Sims, which is Don Johnson, who is, you know, is meant to be an asshole and all that sort of stuff, he gets asked for an autograph by an old couple and a kid. Yep. That old couple is actually Kevin Costner's parents. Ah, okay. I know I didn't know that. And the kid is his son. The, the kid is Kevin Costner's boy, who might be five or six years old. And yeah, and the grandparents are um yeah Costner's parents. So um, okay. I don't and know the, if he paid them for the for the appearance, but um that's a good way to get your parents in the movie. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. But one thing about that scene, that if I had to nitpick this 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 movie, that's the one scene that I think that they kind of just they weren't trying on. Like the whole thing was, uh, they were trying to convince uh, Renee's character that that she's with the wrong guy and that he's actually yeah. an asshole and he comes across nice. And, and multiple times throughout the movie, they're saying, you know, he doesn't like old people, he doesn't like children, and hey. he doesn't like dogs. And there yeah. just happened to be that scene where there was an old couple, a child and a dog just yeah. all in the one area and he gave him the, the, the Heisman and sort of moved past him, which I yeah, think was enough. a little bit um, rushed over. Yeah, 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 I probably agree with you too that that was probably unnecessary. He didn't have to paint. Sims that badly because Roy won anyway, but, sort of. Yeah, thing. that that scene was something like that would be in Happy Gilmore, where it was just just so set up so perfect, like it was almost like a comedy sort of sort of sketch. Um, now, have you heard any sequel talk? Yes, there is. Their sequel is happening. Oh um, wow! Yeah, really? apparently, yeah, apparently. I asked that wanna... question without notice. I actually didn't think didn't know you'd have an answer. Yeah, well, I, this, I was going to leave this to the last of the pod because I, I didn't think you would have got this one. But um, wow. yeah, apparently the. Um, the, the director, Ron Shelton, wanted to do a um, sequel pretty much straight away, but when he took it to Warner Brothers, but they were in, like, meltdown. That, or that had they'd changed leaders and all sorts of stuff, and they were in absolute oh, meltdown, right. and, and yep. no one wanted to touch it. Um, and he actually thinks that it's... 
um, going to start in production later this year, he, um, he said on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. Oh, well, brilliant. Yeah, so it's all about, so what he thinks, he said he didn't want to go into too much detail and, and, yeah. and wreck it, but it, it's all about um, going to Q school, back to qualifying school, and there'll be an oh. older character like Tin Cup. He didn't say that it was going to be Tin Cup or whether it would be... Um, yeah, because I suppose really. if it's Costner, they'd have to do it in the over fifties tour, yeah, which exactly. doesn't matter because there's still there is still Q school for the over fifties and all that sort of stuff. Um, because yeah, there was the bit where Renee Russo's character looked like she was going to become a bit of a psychologist for a lot of the touring pros. Oh yeah, and speaking of that, that scene where that guy now. You might know. Was it the guy that walks up and asks for a business card and says, "You know, I see with the work you've done with Tin Cup, and you might yeah. be able to help me." Was he a, 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 an actual golfer? Yeah, that's Duffy Waldorf, I think. Oh, I think is it he, cool? Because he's he's yeah. not a very he's good actor. <laughs> he no, was no, no, horrible. Golfer, not an actor. <laughs> he had to yeah. deliver two, three lines and just stonefished them all. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah. I think they call him the Warus, and I think his name was Duffy Waldorf. I think yeah, is his real yeah, name. That, but that definitely a, a golfer, sense. not an actor. So that's okay. That yeah, makes yeah. a bit more sense. And there's this quickly, there's one scene where you know where, where he's where we're talking about the final scene. Where he's hitting all the balls. There's a couple where he actually hits the ball onto the green, yeah, and it rolls back, yeah. sucks back and just gains momentum, rolls down, 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 and off the yeah. off the green, off the thing, and into the water. And the crowd goes, yeah. "Oh," because he thinks he's home. Yep. Which I like that too. I like how you, how they tease you with that he got there. And, the, and there's one scene where the ball's rolling backwards and about yep. to fall off and the crowd's going, no, no. And there's this <laughs> one big fat lady in the crowd stands up and goes, <laughs> come back. Like, <laughs> like the ball is going to roll down the hill, <laughs> put on the brakes and start rolling back up the hill. <laughs> and just change direction. Yeah, yeah. Come, yeah, no, I hadn't sort of... Up oh, bad not many is. would. It's just this. It's just this half yeah. second like scene. She's just leaning forward in her chair. I, I was having a good old chuckle at that last night when I was watching it. He's unlucky that he gets a three wood to spin back so much. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. That's when if I'm him, I'm thinking. Oh, I, I mean, by then you've got to you've got to keep going for it because. Yeah. But if you're hitting it onto the green, and it's still rolling back, that's what I'm thinking. This shot's nearly impossible. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and yeah, as tough. we all know, he cans the last one, which is just such a great ending to a film. And incidentally, actually, until I seen this film, I didn't know the rule with that um, once you ran out of golf balls in your bag, you're actually disqualified for the tournament, which now that I think about it, it's actually fair enough. But, um, yeah, there you go. Oh, it's brilliant, yeah. Now, did you, so did you cry when he held it? I cried, not when he held it, no. I cried more with a lot of the, the speech afterwards that they'll, you know, they'll never forget your 12 and that sort of stuff. Uh, um, and I, I tell you, I love, Renee Russo was really good in this. I actually better than really, she was excellent. I wasn't a big rap for in the scene where she was telling him to knock it on and she was doing that sort of like sort of yep. silly laugh that she was doing that I didn't... I agree with you too because I, I, I don't... Like she's really good in the lethal weapons and that as well but I actually don't think she's a great actress by any means. Uh, i tell you who I did was better than I thought was because I, I was never into the Cheech and Chong movies. Oh, he was great. Cheech Marion's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He, the, the movie's virtually... When we say it's a romantic comedy, it's, it's nearly... About them two, it's not. It's not really. Yeah. About, it's the, the it's the relationship between Tin Cup and, he, and his caddy Romeo. Yeah. Really, a, a romantic comedy. But yeah, no, he said no. That's good that you enjoyed him too. Yeah, because he really impressed me. I thought his performance was, was brilliant. Um, yeah, the same, the same, the same where um, uh, Tin Cup was snappy his clubs. The yeah. little performance Romeo put on there was really because the movie was fairly sort of tongue in cheek the whole thing. But they got it got a little bit serious there for that little bit, and they actually had to turn yeah. the acting 
uh, level up a little bit. And um, yeah, and, and he was really good. Yeah, because it's basically only Don Johnson, Kevin Costner, Cheech Marion, and Ren- Rene Russo. There's basically no one else in it that really matters performance wise, no. is there? No, not really, no. Yeah, no, it's them four. But yeah, no, it's, it's uh, as I said, I, I, I was really impressed with his acting performance. Um, Great soundtrack. We need to mention the soundtrack. Our, our outro song comes off off that sound, and and, uh, and the guy that sung the double bogey blues, which was another, which we almost to- we tossed up between yep. the one we're using. That uh, the artist actually died a couple of weeks ago. Oh, really? Mm. Well, it's funny. If, I've had that CD soundtrack for years, um, and years and years. I think um, I, might, I don't know if I might, I might have bought it for Mum as a present so I could listen to it, something like that. Um, years ago, but yeah, yeah, the whole soundtrack's great. It's got some really good songs by Amanda Marshall on it. Do you know? Do you know the the song where he makes love to Renee Russo all night in the caravan? Yes. Remember the song playing there? Yep, yep. That, uh, it could last all night. Yeah, could, yep. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the Amanda Marshall song. That's great, and obviously the one we use from Bruce Hornsby at the end of the uh, end of the podcast. But yeah, plenty of good tracks. Romeo's outside in the rain and the umbrella waiting for. The- <laughs> Yeah, taking one yes. to the team. Okay, let's speaking speaking of acting. So we've 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 done our review. We've got we've Costner, brilliant, loved his acting. I was thinking a top four though, a top four today, the top four acting performances of all time. So the the Academy that do the Academy Awards have come to me and you, and they said give us your four nominations for best male actor of all time. Mm. Four. Okay, so so male actor. Okay, so we, so we're talking what we think. We're not talking, you know, Marlon Brando, bloody on the waterfront or anything like that. That's renowned to be, you know, just what we no, think. Ones we think. All right. So, do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay, you go first. I mean, we now we haven't done. It'll be interesting if if my four match up with any of your four. If we double up on any of these nominations, I'm I'm really interested to see that. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got four Will Smith performances, no, no. I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> no, I just haven't put a whole lot of thought into it. I haven't. I've just. I've literally right. just sort of quickly wrote these down. All right, all right. All so right. Give, us, give us your four nominees for the all-time male acting performance. Starting at number four, yep. is one of the most acted actors on the planet, Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction. Not that there's a whole lot of acting, just I just it's my favourite movie, favourite character, and it's and so many good one-liners and and, and monologues. Yep. Number three, I'm gonna put in. You can only put this as one person: Brad Pitt, Edward Norton for uh, Fight Club for Tyler Durden. Which oh, that, all right, that yeah. movie does not get old. That is a brilliant movie and great performances. Yeah, no, I didn't have that, but really, like, I look, I would have never had the first one. Not that I disagree with anything yeah. you said, great, but but now I really like that second one there. Yep. Okay, number two, you're definitely not going to have. This is my all-time, <laughs> I think my all-time favourite villain um, in a movie, which is yep. Java Bardem, who played Anton Chigurh in No Country for Old Men. Whenever he yeah, was on I, the screen, I was just captivated. I couldn't. I could, I almost every time he done his little monologues, his speeches, I almost couldn't breathe when I was listening to him. It was, he, he, um, I just reckon that's one of the performances of all time. Yep. And number that one, was, sorry. Well, sorry, just on that one, I, I agree with you, and I think like the real Academy would agree with that too. So yeah, yeah no, that's good. Um, this one's a bit of a cop out, and I remember when um, <laughs> this person died, thinking, and he got nominated. Or I'm thinking, don't give him an award just because he's died if his performance isn't good enough. But Heath Ledger as the Joker, 
um, in the Batman film it is like there's been a lot. Like, it looks like the Joker is a pretty good character to play. A lot of other people have done it and done it well, but there's something about the way Heath Ledger goes about it. Um, yeah, I agree, did agree with that one as well, mate. That is brilliant. I, I love the why so serious. Yeah, um, yeah no, brilliant. Was, um, yeah, so they're my fault. So what oh, do you got? No, very good, very good. No, we didn't, we didn't double up. Oh, do you want my honourable um, mentions before I get, just in case, that one of yeah, yours? Because I've, I've got three honourable mentions as well. Give us those. Okay, I've got Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler, very underrated film. Oh, that was on TV the other day, and I, I watched bits of it, and I didn't like it, no, and I no, don't, and I know I've that. I loved it. And one of the, you hate me for that. You yeah, really like it. Yeah, because you should like that. And one of the great posters, Loves this. I'll try and watch this, but no good. Yep, okay. Um... Uh, Irma Thurn- oh no, we're doing. I had Irma Thurn in Kill Bill, but we're doing male performances, so I'll take that. Yep. Sorry, Christopher Waltz in Inglorious Bastards. Uh, that is one of my honourable mentions. Is it? And Tom Hardy in um, Bronson. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it. It's a bit of an art house sort of film where he just tr- he just try like you know he always does quirky. So he's a yeah. character actor, like he's not one of yeah. the. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway. Yeah, no, I did have that Christopher Waltz. That the speech at the start of Inglorious Bastards is brilliant, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. And so that was one of them. But okay, I'll do my main four. My main four in um in no particular order. So Ooh, just on, okay. Um, the, 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 a guy who gets a, a lot of shit hung on him about not being a very good actor, <laughs> but to be a good actor. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, don't you? No, no, not yet. Nick Cage. Oh, of course. Cage. I thought you were going Tom Cruise. No, 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 in Leaving Las Vegas. Yes. Yeah, brilliant in leaving Las Vegas. That that that's. Uh, well, actually, he won an Academy for that, didn't he? I think he may have. Yeah, I, I think he have, done, uh, and that yeah. was then it was all downhill from there. Yep, yep. Um, an older movie that you may or may not have seen, but the performance is brilliant. Paul Newman in Cool Hand Luke. I have not seen that. It's my yep. handle, my online poker handle. Well, there you go. You should watch it. You should watch that and just watch Newman, and it is just an acting masterclass. Um. Now, this one, Daniel Day-Lewis in Gangs of New York. I've only seen a bit. Of, I'm going to be honest, and I've only seen a little bit of Gangs of New York. Wow. Mm. Wow. Gee, well, again, I would recommend. And just watch him. Again, the, he just takes over this character. And, and again, when he's on, on screen talking, it's just absolutely captivating. Um, but look, and I, even though I said in any order, if I had to pick a winner, this is the, the best acting performance of all time. Uh, for me, Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. Yes, he. Oh, and I'll tell you what, I've been. Yeah, give us your little spiel on Silence of the oh, Lambs. Oh, no, no, no. Nothing needs to be said. You go. Yeah, I was just about to say, I've, I've just finished watching the second season of Westworld, and he plays uh, one of the main characters. And, oh, geez, he can deliver a line. He is so entertaining. Oh, and yeah, he is just. Uh, he's memorizing? Memorizing? Mesmerizing? Mesmerizing. In, in, in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, he's only on the screen for 14 minutes or something, apparently. and um, But it is just unbelievable. And the, the honourable mentions I had were Robert Shaw in Jaws. Oh, yeah, yep. He, he's, the, he's the boat captain. Yep, yep. Um, and that is brilliant. And apparently he was drunk the whole time and a lunatic and going nuts. But if, again, I didn't get into Jaws until recently. I wasn't oh, yeah, the, Jaws is fantastic. Jaws is fantastic. Actually, go, go just before you move on to the next one, Yep. Going back to Tin Cup, I read somewhere where they reckon they could barely film any um, of the movie on Saturdays because Cheech and um, Don Johnson would just go friggin' bananas Friday night and <laughs> just were no good to nobody on Saturday. 
so they stop yeah, filming yeah. on Saturdays. Um, and that's oh, and again, that's the dream. I made a movie setting out with everyone on the Friday night, and that's the yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, anyway, and the last one is yep. again, it probably it turned into a bit of a cartoon series at the end. But the first Lethal Weapon is a very serious movie, mm. and Mel Gibson's acting in that is is fantastic. Yeah, I'm glad Mel uh, Mel's name got brought up because he, he he's oh, turned a bit cartoonish himself, but yeah. um, but. His performance in Ransom, I reckon, is one of the great... I probably should have had that on my honourable uh, mentions oh, list, actually. Give me back my son. Yeah, he's good. Man with yes, oh, that's good. I'm glad that you like, because I said the, he, he's remembered as the cartoonish type thing, but early on, he was a brilliant actor, and that's why Lethal Weapon wasn't just a silly action movie. It was brilliant because the performances in it were fantastic. Yep, yep, agreed, agreed, agreed. All right, let's end this there podcast here. We've... Not that it's a review, but we hope you've enjoyed us talking about um, one of the greatest um, golfing movies of all time, Tin Cup. And if you've got some time, do yourself a favour, go out there and watch it. And any last words before we head off, Rolls? Oh, with that, I'd, I'd love to hear anyone else's nominations for Best uh, Male Performance, if they've got a favourite acting role. But um, other than that, no, all good. Thanks, mate. That was a pleasure. All right. Just like Tin Cup walked off the 18th green after making a 12 in the US Open and not sticking around to shake his playing partner's hand, the Chili Dippers are out. It's early Sunday morning. The sun is coming up. I'm on the tee at seven. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. What am I going to do? Help me keep my head down. Save me from those double bogey blues. I pull out my driver and check my stance and grip. I'm trying to remember every single Nicholas tip. Straighten that left elbow, slightly bend your knees. Keep your head behind the ball and look out for those trees. Oh, Lord, what club should I choose? You know, I'm lost out in the forest. Save me from those double bogey blues. It's that when we were going, that you took your performances a little bit more serious than, than I did. <laughs> I don't think Samuel L. Jackson is going to win too many uh, greatest performances of all time awards. Quality ratio is is probably different to the others. Um, his entertainment's fantastic, but yeah, he he's uh, not a he's not the greatest actor ever by any means. But um, 